to golf better at Edwin Watts Golf. Episode 142. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Purcell and thanks so much for joining us. We say it every time if you're a first time listener or a long time subscriber, it doesn't matter either way. We're glad you found us and we're glad you're listening. And we have a very special guest today, Mr. Terry Kaler. He's a 30 year golf veteran. He's a blogger known as the Wedge Guy on the blogs and he's the president of Score Golf. Interesting with the Score Golf Company, they've introduced a fresh approach to the short end of the golfer sets, which they say it's time for a complete redesign. So we can't wait to hear this. Terry, thanks so much for joining us. We are glad to have you. Well, I'm glad to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me on and being able to talk about something I'm very passionate about, and that's helping golfers score better. Let's start, Terry, with why. Why does the short end need a, a, a complete overhaul? Well, Tom, as you mentioned, I've spent a lifetime in, in golf and in this business. I literally don't remember life before golf, and I've designed well over 100 golf clubs, and especially kind of in the wedge space over the last uh, couple of decades, actually, and uh, with a company called Reed Lockhart uh, when we pioneered some sole technology, and then a company called Eidolon. And when the USDA changed the groove rules a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, like every other company, I started putting the new grooves on my old wedges, the Eidolon wedges, and just really didn't see anything that excited me. And I, I really can't tell you what happened, but I kind of got outside the box. I, I have a pretty good collection of, of wedges dating way back into the 30s, and I got to looking at my Eidolon wedges and, and the competition's wedges and wedges from the 80s and the 70s and the 50s and even back into the late 30s, and I realized there's been no essential fundamental change in the design of a, quote, wedge since wedges were introduced. I mean, every other category in our industry has been completely overhauled. Probably the only things that may have changed is they've introduced a gap wedge and a lob wedge and a super lob wedge or something like that, right, and a little bit of bounce? We did. We added some lofts as, as irons got stronger, and there's these nuanced sole grinds, and we introduced milled grooves, which... Uh, you know, back in the in the 90s, which gave extraordinary spin. But essentially, the form and function of a wedge uh, off the rack in 2012 doesn't look really much different than those that were on the rack in 1980, 19, even 1960. So I said, why is that? And I look at the design of, of quote, wedges, and I look at the way golfers build their set out. So here's the typical golfer's bag. has a nine and a pitch, a high loft golf club, that looked like a six iron. They were designed to look like a six iron. They were designed to, to, to match the six iron. They have two or three of these aftermarket wedges, all that have a very low uh, center of gravity. All the weight is along the sole, just like in their irons, unless they're playing a muscle back blade, which is a very small percentage. They've got a, a, a nine and a P club that have all the weight along the sole. And yet the number one challenge that golfers have with their scoring clubs, their high-loft golf clubs, is ballooning trajectories and inaccurate distance control. Well, these two things are aggravated by the design of the golf club. Kind of one of my inspirations, and I kind of go a little deeper, one of my inspirations, Ben Hogan. I grew up with Ben Hogan books, and I worked as marketing director at the Ben Hogan Company. I bleed red, white, and blue Ben Hogan. And in Ben Hogan's book, Power Golf, which he wrote in 1949, his first book, which is a full treatise on golf. His five lessons was more about the swing mechanics. Hogan lists all the yardages for his clubs. And two things struck me about that chart. One is he said the normal distance, he gave normal or regular, I think he called it, minimum and maximum. 
He said the regular distance with a sand wedge is 25 yards, and the maximum distance is 40 yards. Now, his sand wedge, if I go look at what he had in his bag in 1949 and what's in the rack in 2012, the weighting, the club, they're almost identical. Why did Ben Hogan only say that you should hit a sandwich 40 yards? When, because he knew that when you start increasing club head speed, that low center gravity is going to produce a ballooning trajectory. And Hogan was a big stalwart about if you don't know the trajectory, you don't know how far it's going to go. And that's the physics of golf. So he didn't swing a sandwich full. He hit all of his in-between shots with his pitching wedge, which at that time was a 50 or 51, 52-degree golf club. So that got me really thinking about, well, why do we continue to build and design wedges exactly like they looked in the 1950s, when the way we use wedges has totally changed? We play a modern power game. We play a modern full swing game. People go at the ball harder than they used to with every club in their bag. And this thing we call a wedge with all that weight real low is a great club for 25 to 40 yard shots. But that low center gravity begins aggravating ballooning trajectories and inconsistent distance control. I would bet you every one of your listeners sitting there going, wow, that's me. Terry, do you think that the average players are trying to hit that sand wedge real hard because they see it on TV just like everything else? They see a, a, a pro player hitting a sand wedge 110 yards and spinning it back. Do you think that's part of it? Well, I think golfers try to hit everything too hard. Going back to the Hogan thing, Hogan listed his regular yardages with all of his golf clubs. Now, bear in mind, his irons were very different in Loft and Lie. They were about two clubs weaker. So what he had a five on the bottom of is a modern seven in Loft and Length. But Hogan had 25 yards in reserve with every iron in his bag. He listed a regular five iron at 155, maximum 175, 180. So you're sitting here going, okay, if Ben Hogan knew that the optimum iron play can happen when you keep 25 yards in reserve, the average golfer out there doesn't do that. The average golfer is like, how far can you hit an 8-iron? 140. How far do you normally hit it? 140. Because that's the game that we play. And we see these guys on tour. I won't go into that on this one. We'll do another podcast about the tour. But the tour sets up an unrealistic expectation with these unbelievable yardages. These guys hit the ball. Bear in mind, these are the top 100 out of, the, out of 50 million golfers in the world. These are the top one or two or 300 players. You're not going to emulate that. And, you know, then you look at guys like Luke Donald, that, you know, number one player in the world, and he's like 180th in driving distance. So maybe there's something to be learned from that. But back to your question, yes, I think golfers go at it too hard, and you can get away with that in the low-loft golf clubs. It really is damaging in the high-loft golf clubs. So, Terry, what you're saying with the golfer's problem in that scoring club area, like you guys call them scoring clubs, it may not really be all their fault. No, I think you're you're dealing with a golf club that isn't designed for the way you're using it in a full swing environment. Let's go do a comparison. Cavity back iron, blade irons was all we had for decades, for centuries. And then in around late 60s, 1970, Ping and Lynx, the two companies that pioneered perimeter cavity back weighting, began to put this cavity in the back of a club and put more weight low. And back in the old days, when I was a kid and we all played blades, we lived to get inside 8-iron range because you could knock flags down with these blade 8-irons. When you got down into the 5, 6, and 7, you know, they got pretty hard to hit. These, these engineering guys fixed the middle irons and, and, and even the longer clubs by building this cavity back. But this concept of a match set made them make the short irons look like the 5 and 6 that they had redesigned. And those didn't really need any help. They already were good scoring clubs. 
<clears throat> the eight iron back then was a 41 or two degree golf club about where a typical nine is now. But, but conceptually, we applied this cavity back perimeter weighting to iron designs for the last 40 years. And nobody came up with the way to build a 18, 19, 20, 22 degree iron that was really playable for the masses, you know, what we call a two or a three iron. Until a decade ago, when somebody had an aha moment, Sonar Tech, Adams Golf, whoever is credited with the invention of the hybrid, and said maybe that 20-degree golf club shouldn't look like an iron at all. Maybe it should look like a cross between an iron and a metal wood. And the hybrid was born. And in the last decade, every golfer on the planet has adopted the hybrid because it just works better. It is a better way. Let's take numbers off. That is a better way to make a 20-degree golf club than making it look like an iron or a wood. We learned that, complete acceptance and adoption. Likewise, what we're saying is at the short end of the set, the club's over 40 degrees aloft, there's a better way to make them than the way we've made them. You don't want a thin face on that golf club. You don't want a low center of gravity on that golf club. You already have a bunch of loft. It's going to go in the air. What you want is tack driving distance control because that's what the short clubs are all about. So what we're saying is why do we keep being mediocre performers with our high loft golf clubs, but we keep buying the same high loft golf clubs. In other words, and I'm not picking on brand names because your guys in your stores, you sell everything out there. But if you've gone from a Mizuno to a Callaway to a Cleveland to a Vokey, you've really got the same weighting. You've got the same golf club with different graphics and maybe a nuanced sole grind. If you weren't a good wedge player with the last wedges you had, you're not going to be a good wedge player with the next wedges that you buy because if they look just alike, which they do. Terry Kaler joining us, the president of Score Golf. You talked about the hybrid end of the set, the top end of the set. Let's talk about what, what you have at score 4161, because that number kind of resonates a little bit behind the curtain, I guess. Talk about your product design and what's different than just wedges, as you guys call them. Well, what, for, what score 4161 is, is a systematic approach to help golfers, every golfer, any golfer, build the short end of their set specifically the way they need it. The name 4161 comes from the fact that we make every single loft from 41 degrees to 61 degrees. So we can start really after a golfer's set match eight iron. We can build the right combination of lofts exactly for that golfer to give them proper gapping in their distance control, to give them the short range performance they need, taking it up to the highest loft club that they really need to carry, which in our estimation is 61 degrees. So there's 21 heads that we can choose from to put your set together, and that's based on your strength profile. How far do you hit a 9-iron? Your loft profile. Um, your 9-iron in your set may be 46 degrees. The next guy may have one of 43. The next guy may have one of 40. Every you know, There are no specs, standard specs in our industry, so there's no such thing as what is a 9-iron. Because in today's world, it could be anywhere from 43 degrees aloft to 37 degrees aloft. Yeah, I like what you said earlier. Let's take the numbers off of it. Yeah, or put the number. Yeah, take the nomenclature. I wrote a blog post at one time and said, if you want to hit all your irons at club further, it's really easy to do. What you do is you put a piece of duct tape over the number and you write the next lower number on all of your clubs. And so now your seven has a six, or a six has a seven on the bottom, and so on down the line. And you're hitting all your clubs at club longer. That's what the industry has done. I mean, you guys sell them, but you know, 30 years ago, a a typical nine iron was a 45 or 46 degree golf club. Today's world, a typical nine iron is 41 or two, even in the blades that we're seeing them at, at 42 and 43. So 
you know, what we have is is that the numbers, people say, well, I'm hitting my 8-iron, you know, or my 9-iron or my pitching wedge further than I ever have. So, well, what do you hit when you're as far from the green as you used to be when you had a pitching wedge shot then? Because you just lost that club out of your bag if you cranked all your yardages up. And, and I think it's really interesting, and you watched the Ryder Cup this last weekend, and unfortunately our guys didn't, you know, didn't pull it out. But if you look, even at that level of golf, the, get, the course is going to be attacked from, you know, 9-iron range and in. Whether you're trying to break 100 or break 80 or break par or the course record, you're not going to do that with your long clubs. Long clubs are to keep you out of trouble. When you get in what I call the red zone, we're in football season. We all live in the south here. You and I do anyway, so everybody's rampant. <laughs> the red zone, when you get inside the 20, is where you have to come away with score. You know, preferably a touchdown, but no worse than a field goal. And invariably, teams with the best red zone statistics are the teams that are in the playoffs and, and go to the Super Bowl. Same holds true with golf. When you get in the red zone, what I call it, that's inside 9-9 range. When you put a club over 40 degrees aloft in your hand, you ought to be confident that you can have tack driving distance control and, and really solid directional accuracy. And anybody can learn that. Not anybody, not Very few people are going to learn how to hit the driver 300, but everybody can learn how to hit good short irons and, and, and high loft shots. Well, Terry, I'll give you a personal experience. You know, my set set of clubs is the old four-through pitching wedge and a 52-degree gap wedge and a sand wedge. I won't, I'll leave brands out of it. And then I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit, but I went through your, your score fit online uh, analysis. And what, what I found was my wedges tend to balloon up and I can't hit them as far as I would like. But my pitching wedge in my set is 44 degrees. So I went from 44 to 52. And, you know, for a year I've been wondering, why do I have to half swing a pitching wedge to hit this other shot? Because well, it's because I didn't have a club in the bag for it. Well, that's exactly right. And what's happened with the strengthening of our golf clubs is we're compressing the set at the long end. So, you know, I, I look at, at PGA Tour, you know, the, every, the big magazines always have the what's in the bag. And you look at these guys, they all hit at a mile, but why does a guy like Jonathan Vegas, who hits driver over 300, need five clubs in his bag that go over 200 yards, and he's only got three clubs in his bag that go under 150? Because if he hits a driver 300-plus, he's going to have a lot more shots under 150 than he does over 200. So why would we want our set skewed to where we use the clubs the least and our expectation is relaxed? For example, if you put a 5-iron in your hand, 35 to 40 feet long and short is a good shot. But with a gap wedge in your hand, it's horrible. Same goes if you go out even further and you put that hybrid in your hand. Somewhere around the green is not bad, but somewhere around the green from 85 yards is just terrible. It costs you a shot. So... Look, I think the whole set of golf clubs has been compromised with technology because we haven't gone back and backed away and looked at our set as I got a driver on this end, which is to be hit off the tee to position me on the hole, and I got a putter on this end to roll it across a closely mown surface into the hole. In between, I'm allowed 12 golf clubs to dissect this golf course to score. Why would I not want those clubs kind of skewed to give me more options closer to the green? Because I don't need all those options at 205 or 190 or 230, whatever your strength profile is. Somewhere along the line, the objective of the game has been lost. is to get the ball in the hole. And you want to, and it's easier with the, with the short clubs. Well, I think if you drill down to any golfer, though, and you, you interview any golfer on the first tee and say, what are you hoping for today? They're going to probably tell you a number. I'm, I'm, you know, my goal is to break 80 regularly or break 90 or shoot par. You know. I mean, if you're talking serious golfers, which your listeners are, I'm not talking about the recreational guys that just go out and have fun and don't really care. Most golfers that, you know, are, are the heartbeat of this industry and your listeners and the media consumers, we care. 
And you're much more gratified at the end of the day sitting in the card room and you go, man, I kind of slopped it around, but I managed to scrape an 84 out of that rather than, man, I hit it so good and it doesn't bother me that I shot 92. You know, that's not what happens. And, and what other else doesn't happen in the card room is guys sit around the table and say, well, you know, everybody beat you in the scorecard today, Tom, but you outdrove us all three times, so we're going to give you the money. No, that isn't the way it works, you know. <laughs> it's like the low score wins, and in every sport anybody plays, the real measurement is what was the score at the end of the game. And and that's what we play golf for. And in between, we want to have a lot of great experiences. But the other thing that, that happens is when you gain confidence in the short end of your set, then you're more comfortable playing to that range. Most golfers I run into, a great number of them, they're kind of afraid of the short under wedges because they're not very good with them. Well, you know, it's not your fault. You're playing a golf club that hadn't changed in 70 years, and the rest of your bag is totally overhauled in the last 20. You know, the driver, the fairways, the irons, the ball, the shoes, the bag you carry, the tees, for Pete's sake, don't bear any resemblance to what they did 20 years ago. And yet I can prove to you visually that that brand-new main-brand wedge that you bought off of the rack is almost identical to a 1950 Spalding tournament model that I have in my collection. In fact, that thing's got some really cool little bevels and stuff on it that we're seeing incorporated in the wedges now again. Well, Terry, I jumped ahead a little minute ago about the score fit system. I mean, tell our listeners where they can find out more, obviously in an Edwin Watts uh, store, but if they're not near one of our stores, talk a little bit about how they can find out more about this new overhaul that we're proposing on the shorter end of the bag. Like I say, first of all, you know, you guys are, have all, almost all your stores now are in our program of, of being able to show you through this, what we call the ScoreFit process. The ScoreFit process is, is an online thing. It's available at scoregolf.com. You'll see links to ScoreFit, get your custom fit all over. But what ScoreFit does is it, it, it has you insert your, your make and model of irons. It extracts the loss and the, and the lie angles and the, and the links of those golf clubs to establish a, what are we working from here from your XYZ model. And then it prescribes a four-degree loft gapping for you to give you consistent distance gapping all the way down to your highest loft club. So it's going to prescribe to replace your nine, your pitch, and, and then continue right on through the hot loss to give you four or five golf clubs that you can count on to deliver pinpoint distance control, controllable trajectories, optimized spin, and feel like you wouldn't imagine. We've got a lot of features. We, this is not just a head design. We designed our own shafts for this process. We want can design a special grip for this process. We've designed our own manufacturing processes to produce a full custom solution. It's a set within a set. We should look at it that way. And everything is custom, right? Everything we do is custom. That golfer... We have some great short game specialists that you talk to on the phone. We invite, you know, uh, guys on the website and ask some questions, call and talk to us. You know, your guys, your team, they're inside Edwin Watts. Call Edwin Watts. Get the inside sales team. They all know this product very well, know what it's capable of doing. We are, you know, a little voice in a big wilderness out there, but that's where metal woods came from. That's where oversized metal woods came from. That's where graphite shafts came from. That's where soft spikes came from. That's where hybrids came from. Innovation comes from little companies in our industry. It's happened for decades, and we are an innovator in this end of the set. We're doing things that nobody else is doing because that's all we do is scoring clubs. Hopefully soon, Terry, your website will be on our website, but for now, can you give the web address? It's scoregolf, S-C-O-R, golf.com. Uh, no E in score. Scoregolf.com. 
and uh, you'll find everything you need there. And, and like I say, all of your stores or the bulk of your stores now uh, have qualified, trained guys that understand our program. You can go to ScoreFit, print out your results, and walk into an Edwin Watt store and say, you know, this is my prescription. Can I try these clubs? All of your stores are clubs. We have a no-trial, a no-risk trial program. You can call us up, and we'll send you either a single club to try or a full set to see what this concept will do. All you have to do is call and talk to one of our specialists, and, and, and we'll make sure we send you the right thing so that you can evaluate. This is a different approach to your set, and you know you can look online and search for Score Golf and Score Forty One Sixty One. There is miles of dialogue out there. We are building believers every day. Well, Terry, thanks so much for joining us. You mentioned talking about the tour another time. We've got to circle back because this has been a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can do it again soon. Oh, I look forward to it, Tom. Anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, quite an innovation. Score golf, really attacking the short end of the bag, complete overhaul, and uh, it's really something to see. You really need to take a good look at it. Again, go to scoregolf.com. Go to any of Edwin Watts Golf locations or call one of our sales professionals, any of our sales professionals here, 1-800-874-0146, to learn more about this fantastic new overhaul, per se, of the short end of the bag that they're proposing. It's really good stuff. Well, thanks again to Terry Kaler from Score Golf for joining us today. And thank you again to you, our listening audience. And we'll do it again next time when we have another episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.